We're right back at it here on the Sided Podcast. This is episode 21. Hey, everyone, Cameron is there back with you. And we have a new guest on the Sided Podcast as we enter the 20 range. It's Xander Samarasingha. And I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. I got your last name right. There we go. Thank you. If you're listening on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from, that, that one took me a while. I think Xander needed to give me it about, what, five or six times. But Xander, introduce yourself. Who are you? Are you excited to get debating? Yeah, my name is Xander Samarasingha. I'm going to be an incoming freshman at the University of Miami studying sports management. Cam, thanks for having me. Let's get debating. Let's do it. Uh, We've already done 20 of these. So if you haven't watched the previous 20, you're on our YouTube channel, hopefully. So subscribe to our YouTube channel and go check those out. You see Xander, you're just pointing down. Go to the description. Make sure you watch our last video. If you want to be on the Sided Podcast, I'm going to put an email down there. If you email that, that, uh, that link, or not that link, but that email about your interest, go right ahead. I will get you on this podcast. Also go to our website, sided.co, as well as our Sided Debates app. Post a debate. You never know. Your topic could be discussed on this podcast. And we have six great topics to discuss today, as we always do. Xander, you ready? Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. We're going to start with topic number one. And with everything happening in the college football universe, with the name, likeness, and, and image Everything that dropped there to the point where the NCAA might have to pay its student athletes for the time that they give to the sport. It seems like the NCAA is blowing up in a nutshell. And earlier in this decade, something crazy happened with Reggie Bush, where the Heisman was taken away from him because he violated an NCAA rule regarding that name, image, and likeness law. So that brings up the question from Nick Polino. Hopefully I'm saying that right. He posts on Sided. Should the Heisman Trust reinstate and return the trophy to Reggie Bush? Yes or no, Xander, with two minutes on the clock. What are you giving me? I don't even think this is a question. I think it should be obviously yes. I mean, Reggie Bush is a great player. He was a great college player, over 2,200 yards from scrimmage his Heisman year. He went on to have a successful and legendary Hall of Fame career in the NFL. I mean, it's Reggie Bush. He was basically a trailblazer for all these college athletes who are now getting the opportunity to be paid all through these endorsements and everything. And I think because he was a trailblazer, he definitely deserves his Heisman. All of his records that he had, his 18 touchdowns from scrimmage should still be active in those record books. And I mean, it's Reggie Bush. I mean, USC, fight on. He does deserve that Heisman. I mean, nobody should really be taking them it from him in the first place. A bit blasphemous of you saying fight on, but wearing that Miami hat. I mean, hey, you're, you're going to a new college. You're going to have a new mascot, new everything. So you'll learn to respect your, your college a little more. But hey, Reggie Bush was a fantastic player. And you're right, this isn't even a question. At the time it was, because guess what? name image and likeness and everything that's happening with the NCAA that was a rule that was instated that was the fact is Reggie Bush did something that violated what the NCAA says is you know worthy of these awards and these records so I understand at the time even though I disagree with it and I think Reggie Bush I I just don't even think you can strip that title away from him because what he did wasn't even you know it wasn't that egregious where you had to take the Heisman away from a guy that deserved all those records. One thing that I'll say with Reggie Bush is I would actually say no to this 
if Reggie Bush didn't endorse himself on Twitter. If you haven't seen his tweet, he posted this whole thing about, you know, I want my Heisman. I feel like I deserve it. And that's something that Reggie Bush hasn't really been saying over the past decade or so, because he's been so, you know, invigorated with the NCAA. He's so against everything that happens within the NCAA and their policies that he's like, screw it. I, I don't care. Like, I don't need my Heisman. They're, it, it, the NCAA is a, you know, a monopoly in and of itself. And it's a, it's just an awful system, which I completely agree with. But the fact that he's finally endorsing himself and finally saying, I deserve this Heisman Trophy, I think for that reason, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter that he deserves it. He also wants it. I think you have to give it back to him. I understand the rules were the rules back in the early 2000s, but you have to understand that now that the rules aren't as they were back in the early part of this century, he deserves it. What he did is now officially legal in this day and age. To me, though, Xander, I don't think he's going to get it back because the rules were what they were back when he got it stripped. So unfortunately, Reggie Bush, we are both hoping for you that you get your Heisman Trophy. Full doubt that you are even watching this, but we are hoping that you get your Heisman Trophy back because you deserve it. Okay, on to topic number two, we're going to go or we're going to stay with football, but go to the NFL uh, you know, stratosphere. And Xander, you posted this one. And this is the best part about the Sided Podcast. You don't just have to post on our website, Sided.co, and our Sided Debates app. If you post, you can get on just like Xander is. So Xander, we're going to talk about your topic and debate it a bit. Who is going to be the best quarterback fantasy football sleeper? Is it Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Joe Burrow, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, or here's a dark horse, Taylor Heineke. Two minutes on the clock. What are you giving me? I'm going to go Taylor Heineke. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> it's going to be Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has he, – he's going to be fully healthy, we're hoping. He's going to have a great receiver in Jamar Chase. He has Tyler Boyd. He's going to have T. Higgins back. I mean, he has a great three wide receivers right there. He's going to have Joe Mixon. Hope, hopefully he's going to have a full season, no injuries, crossing fingers right there, hopefully. Hopefully he has a better O-line this year than last year. I mean, Joe Burrow is going to be an MVP candidate, I'm saying this year. That's a bold prediction. MVP candidate Joe Burrow finishing in the top three. He is going to have the weapons. I mean, we saw it from the first couple weeks of last season. Joe Burrow went nuts. Joe Burrow was a great quarterback, had a great season. He was just unfortunately injured by a pancake. I mean, it's, it's a bummer. But, I mean, Joe Burrow was a great guy out of LSU, first, first overall pick last year. I mean, Joe Burrow's just great. Nothing, nothing bad to say about him. Great guy. He's going to be this year's fantasy football sleeper in the quarterback position. And I'm saying – I'm not even going to say it. Top three quarterback, Joe Burrow, right there. You're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. You know I love hot takes, but come on, Xander. I invited you on this podcast. We get you on to debate some of these hot topics, and you give me Joe Burrow, not just as a fantasy football sleeper, which I completely disagree with, but as an MVP candidate. First off, you're wrong in both aspects because you're talking about the top quarterbacks in the game. I could talk about the other guys that are spearheading the youth movement. A guy in Josh Allen that's already taken his team to the AFC championship in a division that is pretty weak, even if you want to vouch for the Patriots and the success they might have this season. I disagree with the MVP side of it. I also disagree 
disagree with the fantasy football sleeper because when it comes to fantasy football, it's not just about how good you are. It's about your competition. Are you going to be protected? What, what are you going to be like going in next season? Are you going to turn the ball over? Are you a guy that's going to pick up, you know, plentiful amount of yards or someone that's going to run the ball more? Do you have the weapons to pick up those yards and get towards the end zone? I think the Bengals are a couple years away from being a touchdown heavy team in the red zone. I think they're still at that point where the field goals are going to, are going to go through the, um, uh, go through the posts a little more than the ball goes into the end zone, not taking anything away from Joe Burrow, but I'm going to go with Carson Wentz in this situation because he has more weapons. He's more experienced. He can run the ball if he needs to, but the, his passing game is ridiculous in Indianapolis. He finally gets a passing game. And I think Carson Wentz takes advantage of that. And he's a guy that can give you three touchdowns a game when he's at his very best. I think he fits in that Colts system perfectly. He's back with his head coach that he's used to in a system where I feel, I feel like he'll fit into a little more. I mean, you're shaking your head. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, he's he's a cowboy killer. I hate it. He <laughs> my Cowboys. It was never fun watching Carson Wentz. But no, I do agree with you, Cameron, on that. I mean, Carson Wentz does have a great offense finally. I mean, that number two pick out of North Dakota State, they were hoping that he did amazing with his team. I mean, he just didn't have the weapons. I mean, he led them to a Super Bowl, but, I mean, Nick Foles got all that credit for doing the Philly-Philly special and everything. But, I mean, Carson Wentz, he's got Michael Pittman. He's got T.Y. Hilton. He's got Paris Campbell, who's going to be a speedster next year. I mean, that's a great line. That's a great – and he has Quentin Nelson. I mean, great offensive line, probably top three in the league, maybe top two. Yeah. I mean, Andy has Jonathan Taylor coming in from uh I mean it's hard to say you're wrong. It's I'm, hard to say you're wrong. I'm turning you around and Jonathan Taylor. I'm glad you mentioned his name. A guy out of Wisconsin that is not just going to be a great running back and a great guy coming out of the backfield. He's someone that can, you know, you know, catch those dump passes, which Carson Wentz loves to do. He did him back in Philly but he can also be a decoy, which will open up more space for the wide receivers, giving Carson Wentz more of an opportunity. And I think that the Colts are one of the best teams in their division, along with the Titans. I can't really say the same for the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think for that reason, I'm going to go Carson Wentz. But I, I mean, I, I've always said with Joe Burrow, he is a great quarterback. He's going to be, or he's, in my opinion, he's going to be a great quarterback. He's just playing for a team that needs a couple more years of development. And it doesn't help the AJ Browns out the door, one of your most experienced guys. So I'm going to go Wentz in this situation. Okay, let's go to our third topic. Xander, you posted the last one. You posted this one. So I thank you very much for going to our website, cited.co, as well as our Cited Debates app. Go on, make an account. It's so much fun. If you want to debate with, you know, as many random people as possible, even get to know people on the site, go ahead. You can rack up your points. There's Amazon gift cards that are on the line if the, you get on that leaderboard. So if you debate, if you join the conversation, if you post debates, your topic can be discussed on this podcast and you can win free money. Come on, go to our website, do it right now. I'm going to give you three seconds. Three, two, one. Go, it's in the description. Oh, go easy. do it right now. Go do it right now and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Here's the third topic. This one about basketball. 
Which of these players is most likely to move teams in the NBA offseason, Xander? Is it Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, Kristaps Porzingis, Kyle Lowry, Ben Simmons, or is there another player you want to throw out there? Who are you giving me? This one, I got to go with the unicorn. Got to go with Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, Dallas, that they thought it was going to be amazing. But, I mean, you just can't have Kristaps Porzingis paired with Luka Doncic, the young MVP. I mean, Luka Doncic is too ball dominant. Kristaps Porzingis was never able to stay healthy. I mean, he went out last year in the bubble with an injury. He went out this year a couple of times with a couple minor injuries, but never was able to stay healthy. I think a contend, a NBA title contender team is going to be looking for a big man like that. I think the Lakers, the Celtics might be looking for that. I even think the Heat might be looking with that for somebody like that to pair him with Bam Adebayo. Kristaps Porzingis is a great Latvian player. I mean, the unicorn has his name for a reason. He's a beast. He can just go up on, on the ball. He can rebound. He can shoot. Big man shooting threes. I mean, that's the NBA right there. People need to see that. And I mean, wherever he does go, I think it's going to be great as long as he doesn't stay in Dallas. If he does, I think he's going to ask for a trade or sit out like Kawhi did with the Spurs for that year. I think it's just going to be a mess if he doesn't get move on to another team. I think it's just going to be crazy if Porzingis doesn't. I think it's crazy to say, but Porzingis on Dallas is more of a liability than an X factor. And that's because Luka Doncic, you're right. Luka Doncic reminds me of a player like Devin Booker, where he needs a, a, almost like a pseudo all-star like DeAndre Ayton has been this year. He doesn't need a guy that can, you know, pull out from 28 feet and also go off the dribble and be someone that can, you know, occasionally rebound in a Kristaps Porzingis. So I think that Porzingis has to go, but I don't think he goes this year. One guy that I do see leaving is Kyle Lowry because there are so many trade packages open for Kyle Lowry. I mean, case in point, the Lakers were going to do one during the season until Lakers management said, we don't want to get rid of Taylor Horton Tucker. Still don't know what they were thinking at that point. Now, Kyle Lowry is in a position where he's in the latter stage of his career. His trade value isn't as high, but you can still get him at a, you know, at a good price. And I think the Lakers are going to look for someone like him. And you see that shirt you're wearing for the, you know, the defending now, not going to be defending in a couple of weeks, but champion Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to look out for Kyle Lowry. I think a lot of guys that just need an experienced point guard. Guess what? The Phoenix Suns did that and they're in the NBA finals. I'm not saying Kyle Lowry replicates what Chris Paul brings to the table, but it's an experienced point guard that plays the true point guard position, which a lot of guys, you don't see that anymore. A lot of point guards will play that one, two, or three, and they can be off ball, on ball. I think that the Lakers or another team are going to look for a guy that can bring the ball up the court and give the two through the five a little more rest when they're running up the court. I think Kyle Lowry is a great piece for everyone, and I think his trade value isn't as high so more teams are going to go after him now let's go to our fourth topic this one courtesy of udda i usually say uda or yuda but either way it's a great question that they ask on our website cited who will win the nba finals 
Xander, this is an easy one because it's a 50-50. You're either going to get it right or you're going to get it wrong. Is it the Milwaukee Bucks or the Phoenix Suns? We usually record this uh, a day before we post it. So game one will have already happened, but we don't know it right now. So we're, we're starting off fresh. It's 0-0 in a best of seven series. Who are you giving it to? Are you giving it to the Bucks or the Suns with two minutes on the clock? I mean, Cam, as we're filming this, we just found out that the Greek Freak's going to be active. Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be playing. They did not say any limits, so we're hoping he's going to get a good amount of time in. Hopefully he does play well. I say Milwaukee wins in six. I don't think they're going to seven. I think that seventh game is not needed. I mean, you, you got three great defensive players. You got Drew Holiday. You got Chris Middleton. You got Giannis. I mean, those are the big three right there. I mean, credit to the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they've had a great season. Chris Paul has built himself up to be a great player this year. DeAndre Ayton. Cam Johnson stepped up. Cameron Payne stepped up, which I kind of forgot that he was still in the league. Uh, Devin Booker. I mean, 27 points per game. Chris Paul is 18 and 9. He's doing a great playoff career. I think this He's Chris Paul is so close to that NBA final to hold up that trophy. I don't think it's going to be this year. I say Bucks and six. Giannis is going to complete that GOAT status. Giannis is a great sto true story. 2014, nobody knew who he was. I mean, he built his name up, is now two-time MVP, great player. I mean, he's a Greek freak. I don't think there's any debate. I mean, I could see why people are going to say Suns might win this in seven. But if any, if anything, say Bucks and six, Bucks and maybe seven. But I still think it's going to be a blowout when Giannis is fully healthy. Hey, the best part about this podcast is we give you content almost every other day or even every day. The worst part is I can't really change much of my prediction because we've talked about the finals and the playoffs and the everything that's happening in the NBA so much that I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of hammered into my prediction already because I've given it so many times. I've said bucks and seven if Giannis is healthy. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say set in stone now bucks and seven because Yes, Giannis is playing game one. KD played in what was it, game five? And then he got injured and then he was out for the rest of the postseason and the next year. So I don't know if Giannis is completely healthy. I think he'll have a minutes restriction to him, but I'm still going bucks in seven because I've always said this. Superstars are superstars. In big moments, they'll step up. They might not step up in every single game, but it's almost like a wash, you know, in, in the words what superstar is. The role players make up what the finals is all about. It makes up what the NBA is all about. It separates the good teams from the great teams. And the Bucs have a few weapons that are way too experienced beyond the years of the Phoenix Suns. I think Cam Johnson and Cameron Payne, they can't step up to a guy like Pat Connaughton, who people forget is what, in year six or seven? Played a couple of years with the Blazers. P.J. Tucker is going to be a huge X factor out of the corner because that's all P.J. Tucker does. Collect shoes and shoot out of the corner. And I think the fact that the Bucks superstars in Giannis, Chris Middleton and, Middleton and Drew Holiday are all defensive-minded and great offensive players plus the fact that two of those three are first team all defense I think that the Bucks thwart the Suns in some of those games but I do think the Suns have great offensive performances because they proved it all postseason but for me I'm going Bucks in seven so we're it looks like we're riding the Milwaukee train going into this NBA final so for all you Phoenix fans 
I'm sorry, but if you disagree with us, comment down below in the description. In any of our debates, whatever that you have to say, either go to our website, cited.co, and our Cited Debates app, or comment down in our description. If you're listening on any of the podcast platforms, go to our YouTube channel, Cited Debates, and comment in the description what you think about what we're saying. Now, we're nearing the end of episode 21, but Xander, you posted this question for our fifth topic. Who is the biggest MLB all-star snub? Tim Anderson, Byron Buxton, Manny Machado. Is it Max Muncy not being a starter? Or Kenley Jansen? Is there another name that you want to throw out there? This is a fairly new debate. Who are you giving me? I got to go with Max Muncy. Even though I'm a Cardinals fan, I can't stand the Dodgers. I mean, they, they destroy our postseason career every year. Max Muncy's had a great season. I mean, up, as of right now, 61 hits. Uh, 18 home runs, 47 RBIs. I mean, he's just done everything. I mean, Freddie Freeman is playing great as well. But I mean, Max Muncy is just lighting up the Dodgers. I mean, he's doing, they're doing amazing. They were on a nine game win streak until last night. I mean, I mean, Muncy's just great. Muncy has a great team right behind him with Mookie Bellinger, Kenley, uh, Walker Bueller. Clayton Kershaw, he has that whole team for him. Freddie Freeman has Acuna. I mean, Ozzy Alves, not really that big of a team. But, I mean, what what makes me think that Freddie Freeman got it was from the from the fan votes. Max Muncy, not many people know of Max Muncy if you're not a Dodger or an MLB fan. A lot of people know Freddie Freeman. I think that's why he got that all-star vote over Muncy. But I wouldn't be surprised if Muncy came in late and did end up winning the MVP. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you. Max Muncy should be an all-star starter, but that is not the biggest all-star stuff. Before I give mine, first off, Mike Trout, love you. You shouldn't be starting. Cedric Mullen should be in that position. He's pretty much first in everything in the American League, and Mike Trout's been watching like the fans have in the stands for the past couple months. I think it's ridiculous that the fans get to decide starters because guess what? Mike Trout can't even play. Why are we voting? Who's going to take his spot? We don't even know that. I think that's ridiculous, but who I'm giving my all-star snub to are two guys that should be all-stars, at the very least, maybe starters. Manny Machado and Justin Turner, and I know they're not on this list. If I was going to throw someone out on this list, Manny Machado is, never mind. So Manny Machado would be my would be the guy I throw out there, but I'm going to give some love to Justin Turner too. The idea that one player needs to represent every single team is awful. And if that's still a thing, give it to a reliever. Are the Arizona Diamondbacks relievers so bad that you can't you can't throw a random guy with a random name on there? Come on, Eduardo Escobar. Yes, do you have 18 homers on the season? Are you coming out of nowhere, batting 248. You have what 54 RBIs, 77 hits. You're having a great season. You've struck out 72 times and only walked 21. It's a guy that hits for power, and unfortunately, that shouldn't give you an all-star nod over guys like Justin Turner and Manny Machado, who have a better batting average. I mean, yes, the home runs aren't as high as Eduardo Escobar. The RBIs are up there, especially for Manny Machado. Machado has more hits. Turner's almost batting 300, and Eduardo Escobar is teetering 250. I think it's ridiculous. Take out, I don't know, take out... Mark Melanson, the, the Padres reliever, a different reliever, throw in an Arizona Diamondback. I don't give them the give the Rockies the pool 
Is that something that can we take the Chase Field pool? Can that represent the Diamondbacks? I mean, it's ridiculous. You shouldn't be throwing a position player out there when there's only, I think it's two reserve position player spots. Like Chris Bryant deserves it, even though he's been playing right field most of the time. But Eduardo Escobar takes the other one over all these other stellar players. Absolutely ridiculous. Final debate of the day, Xander. This one's a little fun because the 4th of July just wrapped up. And with one minute on the clock, Alex Padilla posts this one. Eating 76 hot dogs. Impressive athletic performance or disgusting and gross as Joey Chestnut once again breaks his own record and disgusts us all on national TV by making hot dogs look disgusting. So with one minute on the clock, like I said, Xander, you have the floor. I mean, which one are you taking about Joey Chestnut? Thank God I didn't eat a hot dog on 4th of July. <laughs> I mean, after watching that performance, I mean, Joey Chestnut is the MVP of hot dog eating. 14 of the last 15 is just amazing. I mean, nobody else could do that besides like Bill Russell in the NBA. <laughs> but I mean, that 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes, that's six, 7.6 hot dogs per minute. That's disgusting. I could barely eat maybe two in 10 minutes. I mean, an average person probably only eats two in 10 minutes. That's just crazy. 76, especially his method, putting water on the bun or putting water on the buns and just rolling them into balls and eating them that's that's just disgusting i mean man's got to get paid somehow he does it yeah any way as possible for me never see that i would never see that possible i just think that's disgusting but joey chestnut not made bank gotta win good for him so Xander, 68% of people inside it agree with you. I'm disagreeing with you. This is impressive. What an athletic performance. I don't know how he does it. Is it gross to watch? Occasionally. But when he reached that 76, Vegas had over under 73 and a half. I think that's impressive. The fact that Vegas even put it that high. I think it's absolutely unbelievable. If there's one person that you can say it is all about dedication, it's Joey Chestnut. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock uh, knock down a guy that dedicates his life to eating food because I think it's so cool. Uh, yes, is it uh, does it make me not want to eat a hot dog? Yeah, but still I think it's absolutely incredible because as much as we you know you put this spotlight on all these you know athletes doing different things with shooting a basketball, hitting a baseball, it is an impressive feat to try to eat eight hot dogs you know, a minute, like, come on, I'm not going to knock a guy that dedicates his entire life to that. When it comes to hard work and dedication, I don't even reach the realm of Joey Chestnut. So I can't be the guy that says it's disgusting. I'm saying good job, Joey. Can't wait for next year because you'll probably top it and give me 77. And then I'll be on the phone with Xander and we can talk about if that was discussing or if it's even more impressive, but we'll see when the time comes. That's episode 21 of the Sided Podcast. Xander, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Cameron. So fun. Guys, download Sided, great app. It's a way to contact with people, meet new friends, debate about sports. I mean, you could debate about Cam and I. Did we do make good predictions? Did we make some bad calls? I mean, you guys make the choices. Do it all and make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel down below. And remember, we do this almost every day. So you don't have to wait much longer to hear our voices again. For Cameron and Xander in episode 21, we'll catch you next time.